The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hey, I have some adjectives for you. Demanding, vocal, impatient, and always right. If this describes your customers, are you tempted to just give up and find new ones? Well, don't do it, cautions Becky Carroll, author of The Hidden Power of Your Customers. I quote Becky, The popularity of social media and ubiquitous mobile phones have created the perfect storm for customer service, and companies need to get it right or suffer the very public consequences. So how do you win this challenge? According to Forrester's Megan Burns, enjoyable experiences are the first step to creating emotional connections with customers. And Vision 33's Carl Lewis says it all comes down to one key factor, quote, like it or not, good business is still personal, unquote. For a reality check on how to keep them coming back for more, Tune in with us as these three experts are joined by Teradata's Alan Chow, FreshBooks' Saul Colt, and Virtual Graffiti's Hillel Saxstein for case studies from the customer's perspective. So pour a cup and join us for Love Thy Customer. What have you done for them lately? I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and now I'd like to tell you a little about today's very special guests. Becky Carroll is author of The Hidden Power of Your Customers, Four Keys to Growing Your Business Through Existing Customers. She is also the founder of Petra Consulting Group, focusing on social media and customer experience. Megan Burns is Principal Analyst Serving Enterprise Customer Experience Professionals at Forrester. She is a leading expert on measuring customer experience, benchmarking a company's ability to deliver great customer experience, estimating the ROI of customer experience improvements, and getting executives to actively participate in the customer experience transformation. And Carl B. Lewis is General Manager for Vision 33 Total Care. Carl is an experienced consultant and respected advisor responsible for managing the backbone of Vision 33's National Customer Service Offering. Also joining us today from Vision 33 is Carl's colleague, Alex Rooney. And I mentioned three other guests joining our panel. Alan Chow, Chief Customer Officer at Teradata Corporation, was one of the original Teradata database engineers who pioneered the development, professional services, and customer support of what is now a multi-billion dollar data warehouse market. Saul Colt, 
has a very interesting title. Saul calls himself Head of Magic at FreshBooks. Saul was named to the iMedia 25 Internet Marketing Leaders and Innovators. He helped grow FreshBooks.com from 250,000 customers to 4.5 million. And Hillel Saxstein, President and CEO and founder of Virtual Graffiti, Inc., an e-commerce software development company he founded in 1999. Under his leadership, Virtual Graffiti has grown into a multi-million dollar international IT solution provider. Now remember to tweet your questions and comments to us at pound sign SAP Radio, and we'd love to know what's in your coffee break cup today at pound sign SAP Radio Coffee. Now let's hear what our three lead panelists have to say about customer experience. First, I'll speak with Becky Carroll. I just really believe that social media has brought customer experience to the forefront. You know, customer experience was really big a few years back, and then it kind of got quiet. But with social media and everybody having their mobile phones right to hand, when they're going through a bad experience, they can immediately tweet it out, post it up on their Facebook page, put it up on their Tumblr blog, whatever it is they want to do. And so it's really important these days that, you know, more than ever, that companies pay attention to their current customers. You know, the, the idiom, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, really comes mm-hmm. to mind here for me, Bonnie. And I love this description that was in the New Dictionary of Cultural Literacy. It describes that as the things we already have are more valuable than the things we only hope to get. And it's really been my experience that many companies are spending a lot of their time and budget focusing on selling to new customers, and they neglect their existing ones. And, you know, that might work in the short term, but eventually I think these companies are going to find that they lose more customers out the back than they bring in through the front. And, you know, like I was just saying, social media is driving such a major change in customer behavior that it's making it highly risky not to focus on current customers. That's so, right. You can't afford to let anything bad get out of right. Becky, because that's the right. old customers you're not paying attention to are going to find a way to reach the ones you're hoping to get. And it trickles and probably a domino effect when it goes viral, I would imagine. It absolutely does. And so, you know, then you will hear people say, well, okay, so you have to have this great customer service. You better focus on customer service. But, Bonnie, customer service isn't enough, right? You've got to have the right marketing that connects with your customers. You've got to have the entire customer experience connected and considered and supported with a customer-centric culture, one that promotes an equally exceptional employee experience. And then you have to have the outstanding customer service. But it doesn't stand alone. So it's a big culture change. It's a transformation for companies. On that note, Becky Carroll, I'm going to segue to our second guest today, Megan Burns from Forrester, who talks a lot about this. Megan, welcome to Coffee Break. How are you today? Thanks, Bonnie. I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. I'm very impressed by your research and by your credentials. And you sent me a lot of talking points and quotes, but I'm going to go with this one quote that I think really says it all from your POV. Differentiating on the basis of customer experience is a goal for many companies these days, but it's one that only a few are likely to achieve. Why don't you briefly kick this off for us, Megan? Sure. So uh, when we do surveys of companies asking about their goals for focusing on customer experience, uh, they tell us, and about 93% tell us that their goal is to differentiate on the basis of their customer experience. Uh, And for about 11% of those, their goal is actually to differentiate against any company in the world. They want to be among those most loved companies. But what we see inside companies is that in order to do that, there's a tremendous lack of discipline when it comes to managing customer experience today. So they don't even have the ability to be aware of what their customer experience is, let alone be proactively and consciously managing it. And to get to the point where that is 
a core organizational competency requires an enormous transformation, not only an organizational and operational transformation, but also a cultural transformation. And transforming any sort of a large corporation is really a, a significant challenge. And I have clients who've been working on this for five, six, seven years, and it's incredibly slow. And so I think that the number of companies who will get to the ability to actually manage their customer experience is higher, but those that will truly seek to differentiate and get real sustained competitive advantage, I think that ultimately there will be only a small number of companies that will actually be able to develop the discipline and the innovative skills on top of that to really reach that goal. Thanks, Megan. And we're going to talk to you a little bit later in the show about what you call the customer experience ecosystem. And we're going to talk about the stages companies go through. And I'd like you to mention a little later on what the find and fix never-ending triage cycle is all about. Okay? So we'll get back to you in a minute. And now I'd like to bring on our first male guest, Carl B. Lewis from Vision 33. Hello, Carl. Welcome to Coffee Break. How are you today? I am just fine. Uh, Good morning from uh, the West Coast. Good morning, and you've got Alex Rooney along as your pal there to help you out. And I have a quote that you sent me, Carl, that I love it, love it, love it. I'm going to kick off your portion with that. You say, according to Bruce Springsteen, I just want someone to talk to and a little of that human touch, just a little of that human touch. Is that what it all comes down to with the customer experience for you, Carl? Well, certainly that's a huge part of it, and I think, you know, as, as the other guests have mentioned, the, the Internet age, social media, these things have all tended to focus on, um, you know, personal communication and allowing people to interact more quickly, but it's all, it's electronic. It's not, uh, it's not perceived really as truly face-to-face. There's not that old-style handshake that's involved looking someone in the eyes, and uh, communication, you know, is, is so important to us, and so much of it happens when we're face-to-face. And in the world that we live in, it seems like that gets diminished because, you know, business is global, people are spread out widely, people are working from home, not in the same office. And Mm -hmm. so a a large portion of my intent with our customers is as often as possible to give them the human touch and to be with them uh, personally in every way we can. And, you know, Carl, to your point, I've realized and seen personally in the past couple of years that the style of writing handwritten thank you notes on beautiful stationery is coming back because it brings the human touch. It's different from an email. Hey, thanks. Nice to see you. Great meeting. You get a handwritten note on lovely paper in the mail. You open it up. It has your name, right? Think of all the human touches in there. Have you found that in business that's one of the things that human touches is people are clamoring for well, on a business I level? I know that along, along the, the style of business, uh, you know, that, that we do, the, the opportunity for conflict exists. And uh, you can resolve conflict much easier face-to-face than you can through an email uh, or even on the telephone. So it's, uh, that human touch comes into play and resolves a lot of situations when you can go there. Okay, and let's hear from Alex Rooney quickly before we go to break. Alex, you want to weigh in on this? Sure, yeah. Well, we're uh, we're in a complex business, as Carl mentioned, Bonnie, and uh, I mean, we deliver SAP business solutions to the market. So, uh, about three years ago, we really decided to overhaul the way we service and interact with our customers, and that's when we created our Vision Thirty Three Total Care Program, which has as, as its foundation the human touch component that Carl mentioned, and that means that not only are we responding to customers when they have conflicts or there's issues that arise. We get proactive, proactive versus reactive. 
and we create community programs and we get face-to-face gatherings and we just generally leverage social media, internet, and face-to-face components whenever possible to create a customer community. And that pays off um, in, in dividends because at the end of the day, being a professional services business in the IT industry, the customer base is our single most important asset, and without it, um, we don't really exist. So we have to protect that asset, and we have to continually invest in it. And that's why we brought in Carl Lewis, who is an industry veteran and uh, an SAP uh, alumni in, in many ways, and uh, Carl runs that entire program nationwide for our customer base, and uh, it's paid off for us. Good to know. We're going to be talking a little bit more with you and Carl about Total Care when we come back. We're just about ready to head to break. I'm going to give you all a heads up when we come back. We are going to bring on our three special guests who are in the trenches going to talk about the real customer experience and what works for them as customers and as providers. We're going to be speaking with Alan Chow, Chief Customer Officer at Teradata, Saul Colt, the head of Magic at FreshBooks. Can't wait to meet Saul. I read so much about you. And Hillel Saxstein, President and CEO and founder of Virtual Graffiti. These are very successful people who have grown small businesses into huge, huge offerings. And we're going to find out what customer service means to them. And when we also come back, I'm going to ask everybody what's in their cup today. After all, we're called Coffee Break with Game Changers. So we're going to read a couple tweets. I see Wendy and Joan and Kristen are waiting in the wings on Twitter to tell us what they're drinking today. And I'll be asking that of all my guests. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways listen for be more achieve more inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host chris cooper you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance these people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more be more achieve more can be heard live fridays at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the voice america business channel When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.graham at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, let's. Let's do the Coffee Break part. Alan Chow, welcome to Coffee Break. How are you? Fine, thank you, Bonnie. How are you? I'm great. So nice to meet you. I've heard wonderful things about you. Very impressed with your bio. But first of all, business of order. What are you drinking today, Alan Chow? Well, it's my uh, normal half-calf venti coffee from Starbucks. Good. We love brand names, too. And let's bring in Saul Colt, head of Magic at FreshBook. Saul, what's in your cup today? Uh, I'm just drinking water this morning. Well, it must have a name to it. it. Does it have a bottle or a brand or just tap? I'm drinking a bottle of Evian, but they're not paying me to drink it, so I didn't want to tell you who it was. <laughs> That's a part of the magic of the show, as we do mention brand names. And Hillel Saxstein, President, Founder, and CEO of Virtual Graffiti. What's in your cup today, Hillel? Hi, good morning. Uh, today I'm drinking uh, Five Roses Tea, imported from South Africa, which is where I'm originally from. Oh, love the accent. Love what you're drinking. And let's do our tweets. Let's see. Joan is having cowboy coffee. I'll have to ask her after the show with her daughter while listening to us. Wendy is drinking just plain water today. She says, coffee break with Game Changers is enough to perk her up for the entire day. Thank you, Wendy. We we appreciate the accolade. Kristen in Miami is changing her breakfast brand, not beverage, this week from Aquafina to Dasani, although she'd rather be drinking a mango smoothie. And we're sure uh, Malcolm will come on later with his Equator coffee order. Okay, let's get down to business here. Let's talk about customer experience. Alan, let's start with you. I'm going to focus this segment on the three of you so we can find out what's happening in the in the trenches. Alan, what's your experience with customer experience, customer support? How is it impacting Teradata and what are you feeling about it? Well, we are a mostly basically a, um, a business-to-business uh, company. So mm-hmm. our clientele is you know, Fortune global 5,000 companies, and obviously face-to-face and high-touch are the magic words for us in dealing with customers. And we have a really disciplined process. I think that the key to us is to putting money where our mouth is. And and Mm -hmm. what we do is we actually have customer-run organizations that we call product advisory councils. These are actually totally customer organizations and they, they actually have a disciplined process. They have a website. They, they take input from other customers. They organize their input. They prioritize their input on what type of functions and features they want to see in our product, what type of, enhance, what type of enhancements they want to see in our products. And Teradata's product management team meet with these product advisory councils three or four times a year. And we listen to their input, we show them our roadmap, we find out where the gaps are, and we pick out some of the top priority items from the customer's request list. And we actually have a reserved budget. We actually allocate a percentage of our R&D or product development budget mm-hmm. to implement those features that are requested directly by the customers, prioritized by the customers. And that's how I think we stay customer focus, build that culture of the company as a technology company, actually building technologies with functions and features that our customers want. Now, Alan, how do you 
you convey that commitment to your staff, to the people you bring on? Let's say you're hiring a, a new team, a new new development team. What would you say to them that is a requirement for them to understand this commitment that the dialogue is open all the time and that customers rock? And that's one of Becky Carroll's terms. How do you how do you get them to buy in? I know this is something Megan Burns and her research at Forrester is very committed to the idea of the the, the organization has to buy in. So what do you do, Alan, at Teradata? Well, we have, um, you know, ever since the beginning of the company in 1979, one of our key value in the in the company is dedication to customers, and and we ingrain this type of culture in the organization by an award program that frequently and award our our employees for showing customer dedication, and of course mm-hmm. our our partnership program with our customers. Is is well known inside the company. Everybody knows that our product development budget has a percentage of that allocated to implementing customer requests directly coming from our customers. Alan, do you make everybody read Becky Carroll's book, The Hidden Power of Your Customers, when they come on board? <laughs> well, we will soon. We will in the future because her book was just published in the last few months. So obviously, That's in the past, right. we couldn't you- do that. There you go. That's going to be in everybody's holiday basket. I'm going to turn to – thank you so much, Alan. Stay on the line with us. Saul Cold, head of magic. I've never met anybody who claims to be the head of magic. I know people who think they're magic, but nobody's ever had the title on the door. Saul Cold at FreshBooks, welcome. And tell us a little bit about how you got to be named to the IDEA 25 Internet Marketing Leaders and Innovators. Welcome, Saul. Um, well, I, I got on that list just by being awesome, and, and I'm not sure how else to explain it. <laughs> you just did. You, you, it's fine for me. works for me. Go ahead. So tell us a little bit about what FreshBooks does in terms of customer experience. What does it mean to you? Okay, so FreshBooks is an online invoicing service for uh, creative professionals, service-based professionals. Most of our customers are fall in the category of Fortune 5 million, so it's, you know, zero employees to 10 employees, you know, mm-hmm. very small businesses. And, and the reason that we, we over-serve our customers, if it's even possible to over-serve a customer, is, um, you know, we found out very, very early that, you know, our customers were amazing people, and these were people that, you know, gave us information we wanted to spend time with, and, you know, it, it just sort of making this really hyper-personal as a child, I, I wasn't loved very much, so I craved attention, and I craved, you know, conversation and human interaction, so this is about, this is as much about me wanting to reach out to people and, and have these interactions as it is me wanting to deliver these interactions, so we get as much from our customers as we give our customers, and it's really proved to be an amazing, amazing thing for us for the last six, seven years. That That's quite a beautiful thing you said there. I, I have to tell everybody that you helped to grow FreshBooks from 250,000 customers to, are you ready for this, 4.5 million. And you just said that they, some of them don't even have a staff or employees. That's a heck of a lot of happy people, Saul. You have to tell mm-hmm. me, though, how did you get the title Head of Magic? Did you create it or did FreshBooks give it to you, or did somebody just say, this guy must be the Head of Magic? How did it happen? I gave myself the title very early on because in the early days we didn't really have, uh, you know, any budget to do um, the amazing things we do now. And, you know, sort of my role was to make things out of nothing. And the best way to describe making things out of nothing is magic. So it just kind of, I gave it to myself, it stuck, and it's, it's, it served me well. 
I like it very much. And now I'm going to move to Hillel Saxstein, President, CEO, and founder of Virtual Graffiti, which is an e-commerce software development company. And, and Hillel, you say that you have grown into a multimillion-dollar international IT solution provider. What part of that growth do you attribute to paying a lot of attention to your customers' help? Um, well, it's, it's definitely our differentiator, kind of what sets us apart, we think, from our competition, is that that customer service and the interaction that we have with our customers. Um, and you know, we try and do multiple things, you know, everything from the time we respond to customers to um, you know, the sort of you know, customer service that we're giving them. Uh, we do a few other things as well. Um, one of the things we do in our company is we don't really have clear role definitions for our representatives. So a salesperson that is maybe uh, selling a solution to a customer, if that customer calls back with a customer service or a, a technical support type issue, they don't get um, sent over to a different department. They'll, they'll work with the same person who sold them that solution, um, etc. So um, we, we don't really divide our, our, our customer service or salespeople by territory or account, etc. Anyone can help any customer. Um, and but generally, and they and they can help them with it, whatever request that comes in, uh, you know, from that customer. So that's one thing that that's that, that we found to be very very effective. What else? What would you say is the next thing most important after that? Yeah, one of the things, one of the other things that that we're trying to implement and, and having some good success actually comes out of our relationship as a customer of Vision Thirty Threes. Um, you know, something that I learned from from Carl and Alex, which is you know, these days. Um, Customers are really very interconnected. They are. They have the ability with uh, social media these days and and search engines, etc., to really connect, to find information, to see feedback on a company or a product, whether it's good or bad. Um, and one thing that we're trying to do is be an enabler of that, so actually be able to create um, and manage those communities. Um, something that Vision Thirty Three does very well is having. Uh, weekly calls with all of their customers, having um, you know p- conferences and things like that, that they'll invite all of their customers, all of their competitors, all of their competitors' customers, and have everybody all together um, communicating. And it's actually a very healthy environment. Um, mm-hmm. you know, those people are going to connect anyway. So having you know you as the business being an enabler of that and being able to to encourage interaction between your customers. From a customer service standpoint, it's a very good thing because, one, it reduces the, the, the demands on your customer service uh, department or your, your own staff um, and you know, force, you know, creates that community that customers can actually help themselves and, and, and assist each other. Um, so I'm, we're trying to implement a lot of that in our business as well. I'm very impressed. And what I'm hearing are a couple of things. I hear the word relationship creeping in there in terms of one person keeping on and continuing the relationship with the customer through through everything. I'm also hearing one of the mantras that belongs to Becky Carroll, customers rock attitude. Becky, would you like to weigh in here on some of what you've just heard? Because I know this resonates with you. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I love what I'm hearing from the companies on the line and, you know, um, I just think that a customer's rock attitude, what that really means, and, and what I learned when I wrote the book and I and talked to customer-focused companies, that they had some things in common, right? They listen to customers to understand their needs. They initiate customer feedback processes. You know, you heard one from Teradata. I know that FreshBooks um, meets with their customers all the time to hear feedback. They think through the customer experience 
and they work with customer-facing employees. So they serve customers well at each touch point, and they make customer service part of the company DNA, which means they're looking for it in the people that they're hiring. I'm hearing that in all of these guests, what they're saying about their employees. They look for it in their suppliers and partners and in their management team, and they're leading by serving. And by doing these things and, and looking at your customers as one of your largest assets, um, you know, without our customers, we have a hobby. So those are the focus areas for having a customer's rock attitude and making sure that you're going to be able to have a successful customer experience. It's got to start on the inside. Thank you, Becky. I, I like that. We're going to continue to talk when we come back. We're at the halfway point. I can't believe how fast this is going, and we've never had so many terrific speakers on the show. I thank you all. When we come back, we're going to open with Megan Burns from Forrester. Megan, I'd like to hear a little bit about how you find that everybody's daily actions together within a company are part of the customer experience ecosystem. You know the old phrase, charity begins at home. Well, I think that there is this this uh, mantra you're saying is that it all starts from the inside and works its way out. So we'll kick off with Megan Burns from Forrester. I'm Bonnie DeGram, and we have another coffee note here on Twitter. Deanne Hotchkiss has told us that she's drinking home-brewed black coffee, coffee black, while listening to SAP Coffee with Game Changers. Thank you, Deanne. We appreciate that. And I'm Bonnie Graham. Still, we'll be right back, so don't even think touching that dial, moving your mouse, changing your position. We've got a lot more coming right back with more Coffee Break with Game Changers. Take it away, Brad. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. 
To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.graham at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we go with part two of our show today. We're talking about Love Thy Customers. Megan Burns from Forrester. Let's talk about why companies should not try to be like Disney or Zappos. Maybe we're talking little companies, big companies. Why shouldn't you try to imitate in terms of your customer experience? Talk to me. Well, um, I think there is a misconception out there, first of all, that a great customer experience always means the single best customer service in the world, and I think, uh, Becky brought up an excellent point earlier that your customer experience is a lot more than just your customer service. It's the experience of using your products. It's the experience of learning about your company. So I think the first thing that companies need to recognize is that, you know, over-the-top, uh, tremendous customer service is not the only thing that customer experience is uh, about, but I think it's also the fact that a company's customer experience strategy really sits at the intersection, the right customer experience strategy, sits at the intersection of what your customers want from you and who your company purports to be in the marketplace, what your brand strategy is. And so, for example, when we did an analysis of different companies and their customer experience strategies, if you take someone, for example, like Costco, who the first year that we ever ran our customer experience index back in 2007, Mm -hmm. actually came in as the top scoring company. For Costco, they go to marketplace as a cost leader. And so there are certain things that you either expect or are willing to accept for those lower prices, like perhaps more self-service, more automation. But what that means about the experience is if you're going to rely very heavily on self-service and automation, then you're going to need to make sure it works 24-7. If it's automated and there's not a lot of people around, you can't have it breaking down and have no one have any way to be able to get help with that. At the same time, if you look at a company like Apple that is an innovative company that is always Mm -hmm. introducing things into the marketplace that nobody's ever seen before, it's not just about customer service. It's about a customer experience that enables people to get the full value out of this brand-new innovative product you've never seen before. So there are implications about what that experience has to be like, maybe more guidance, more proactive, uh, things like the Genius Bar where you can come in and get people uh, to help explain Mm -hmm. to you how to take advantage of the full features of your products. So I think people, companies have to think about the fact that your customer experience strategy is about more than just how are you going to respond to customer service requests. It's about the full suite of interactions that you have and what those need to be like in order to be successful given the way that you've chosen to go to market. Thank you, Megan. And tell me a little bit about your term, the customer experience ecosystem. How pervasive is it? How big is it? Where does it start? Where does it end? Who is included in that ecosystem? Sure, and this is why I think one of the challenges of the customer experience field is that to some extent the customer experience ecosystem is everyone. Uh, if you think about it, the the way in which a customer experience is delivered and designed is not quite as straightforward as some other parts of the business where it's one functional unit and they kind of take care of it. There's a ecosystem is really an apt term. There's a, a six degrees of separation effect. I mean, we always joke about the six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. There's yes. a six degrees of separation from the customer. So in the customer experience ecosystem, if you imagine across the top of the page a description of the customer's journey and then you peel back successive layers of the onion and you say, okay, well, what people is the customer touching in each of those moments? 
what systems might they be working with, and then what systems are those employees touching, and who designs those systems. There's this whole map of people that sits below the tip of the iceberg of what the customer sees, and what each of those individuals do then has a ripple effect backup that manifests itself to the customer. And many of the challenges that come forth in customer experiences today come from folks behind the line of visibility for customers Mm -hmm. in that ecosystem not really realizing how the ripple effect of their actions then looks to the customer maybe three, four, five degrees of separation away. So we're seeing companies have a tremendous amount of success in mapping out this ecosystem and perhaps there's a customer pain point at the top of the map and you go back and you see, well, I can tell that the root cause of that is because this person here didn't realize how their decision is different from somebody in another part of the company that manifests mm-hmm. itself to, you know, what one company is jokingly calling the stupid rules. Um, they're having a stupid rules contest inside the company to say, what's the stuff that looks like, really, why does the company do this? It seems really stupid, but it's really a result of one part of the ecosystem not realizing what the other part of the ecosystem is doing. So it's a great way to think about all of the different players that you have to work with inside your company, your partners, your suppliers, to really create that customer experience because everybody plays a role in that. Very, very well put. Thank you, Megan. And I'm going to turn to Carl Lewis at Vision 33. And Carl works on or has created something called Total Care. Carl, with your permission, I'm just going to read four points you you sent me as far as what the customer wants. I'm fascinated by this, and I'd like you and, and Alex to talk about this. You say, as a customer, I want to be, number one, rescued when I'm in danger, number two, equipped to help myself and not held hostage by consultants and experts. Uh Aha. Number three, I want to be validated by other customers. And number four, I want to be appreciated for my patronage. Carl, how does this all fit together? It sounds like a a very expansive view of the ecosystem and from the customer's POV. Can you talk to me about that? Well, absolutely. Uh, You know, our, our customers are small business people who make significant investments in their infrastructure for IT and, and their software ERP expenses. They typically have, you know, no, no internal IT support. Their, their skills are limited, and these investments come right out of the pocket of these small businessmen and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they want a relationship with their business partners through their whole supply chain that has this experience. When I need help, I need help. I need it quickly. I, on a day-to-day basis, I've got to be able to take care of myself, and I can't always rely on the accessibility of an expert, be it you know from Vision 33 or some other company, to help me. I've got to be able to help myself. I, I need to talk with other people who are doing the same things that I'm doing and gather from their experience pool. And uh, the people that I've invested my funds with to do a good job on my software and my hardware, I need those guys to recognize that I'm important uh, because I want them to hear my voice. Right? When I have a problem, a suggestion, I want mm-hmm. to feel like I'm part of the future solution um, and, and designing the future solution that I'm going to use. Uh, giving you know, credence to that, giving a place for them to uh, share those points of view and to dialogue. I mean, uh, one, one person said today, I forget who it was, that it's, it's a scary thing uh, you know, to get all your suppliers and your customers all in one room and actually let them talk to each other. Well, mm-hmm. that, belief, that belief stems from... Uh, you know, a, a, a long-time uh, view that conflict is abnormal rather than normal. I think that uh, was Alan interrogating, yes. Complaining, it's really just a cry for help. And being able to answer that cry for help is really what our total care program is all about. 
and it to sounds... respond in a variety of ways that mm-hmm. fulfill these requirements for the customer. It sounds so proactive. I want to ask Hillel Saxton, who is a customer of Vision 33. I understand you are impressed by Total Care. Can you tell us why or what resonates most with you, Hillel? Um, you know, when we when we implemented our ERP system and 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 found Vision 33 to to assist us, or when you take contract with Vision 33 to assist us with that. Uh, we took it from the, 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 the approach that we really wanted to be able to learn the product and be very self-sufficient, um, more so than have exactly, as, as Carl said, have to have a company that we're completely and totally reliant on. Um, and we really get a lot of value out of their total care program uh, because of that. Um, you, know, you know, one of the things, I'll give you some examples of the things that they do, um, a weekly call with all their customers where, Everybody can jump on and actually just discuss anything. They'll, they will have a topic and they'll have presentations either by Vision 33 employees or uh, possibly other relevant uh, uh, content. But a lot of the time, it's really just customers getting on, um, getting on the call and you know discussing maybe an issue they have or a question or um, you know really discussing anything that, you know any of their needs. Um, so. For us, that's really enabled us to to connect with a lot of other customers running the same product that we are, share ideas, um, you know, and it, we found it to be extremely beneficial, and it's allowed us to become very self-sufficient, but at the same time, we do have access to the experts um, who we can call up, you know, with tech support or, or, or customer service type questions at any time. Um, so it's. I found it to be an extremely effective uh, um, program and 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 something that we're implementing in a big way in my company. Very good. It's, it sounds like something that is uh, re- replicatable, replicable that other companies might want to copy as well. We haven't talked. All of you, my wonderful panelists today, we haven't talked about what happens when you haven't loved your customers, when they're out there screaming and yelling. What did I say in my intro? They're impatient. They're loud. They're vocal. They're demanding. And they're always right. Uh, I'm just going to go one sentence each. We have two minutes to break on this segment. I want to ask, let's start with, let's see, um, let's start with Saul, and then we're going to go to uh, Alan. And I want to ask you, what happens when you see a tweet or a Facebook post that's negative about something your company did? What's the fastest way you can correct that wrong? Saul Colt? I always go head on with the person, not in an antagonistic way, but I try to solve the problem because if somebody's passionate enough to speak poorly about you, they're going to, they're going to talk even uh, louder about how you solve the problem. So I, I never ignore them. I try to solve every problem, no matter how embarrassing or, or possibly toxic it could be. Thank you. Very good approach. Alan Chow, Teradata, you have well, that kind of experience? Here, uh, mm-hmm. We absolutely have a, a account um, relationship manager get back to, the, to that particular person and mm-hmm. try to understand exactly why they said what they say and we'll do everything in the company to uh, to remedy the situation for the customer. Terrific. And Hillel at Virtual Graffiti, how do you handle that kind of negativity? Um, you know, you can, it's, it's actually very easy to turn it into a positive by doing exactly that thing, is going directly back to the customer, solving their problem quickly and efficiently, um, especially in, you know, if, if the, the feedback is coming in public, um, through public uh, means via, you know, Facebook or Twitter, if a customer is, is posting negative information about you, make it right, make it public, and, you know, usually they will turn it around and actually compliment you on that and you can turn it into a positive thing. 
Thank you. And guess what, boys and girls? We're at the end of the segment. When we come back, I'm going to talk to my three lead speakers, Becky, Megan, and Carl. That's Becky, Carol, Megan Burns, and Carl Lewis. I'm going to ask them the crystal ball question. And if we have enough time, we'll have the other three speakers chime in. And Alex, you too. Crystal ball question is business as we've known it is changing for all companies across the board. Look into your crystal ball and predict how companies will continue to evolve their customer experience, and how it will look and feel different in 2017, five years from today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss these predictions. Take it away, Brad. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com zoom leadership it's the big picture issues of the day up close and personal capabilities of leadership and a desirable future of constant renewal zoom leadership it's the economic crisis made clear patterns and perspectives of leadership and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future join host john schmidt every monday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time zoom leadership an inside look at what's really going on in business government and civil society tune in every week on the voice america business channel When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Okay, it's time for our crystal ball segment. Question is, look into your crystal ball five years ahead to 2017 and predict how companies will continue to evolve their customer experience. We're just going to flip through this list really fast. Becky Carroll, author of Hidden Power of Your Customers. Go ahead, Becky. Well, 2017, that's five years from now. If we look six years ago, actually, Twitter was born today, six years ago. So we know technology is changing crazily. So it's not going to be about the technology, in my opinion, we'll be able to use that. But companies 
are going to be able to use the technology to better understand their customers' wants and needs and then begin to connect and interact with them throughout their customer lifecycle, throughout that customer experience based on what they've learned from them so they can tweak and actually customize the experience across the lifecycle and then guide each area of the organization into how best to contribute for a great experience for every single customer. Beautiful. Thank you, Becky. Let's turn to Megan Burns, Principal Analyst, Enterprise Customer Experience at Forrester. Megan, what do you see five years ahead, please? Well, I see the conversation really having uh, evolved from today, which is about this cycle of find and fix. So people are just kind of doing triage on their customer experience and really focusing a lot on the customer service side of it. I think many of the sacred cows will start to fall from the perspective of a lot of the complexity in today's customer's experience come from incredibly complex product designs or incredibly complex regulatory environments. And I'm starting to see, and I think we'll see a lot more five years from now, people starting to question, well, does it really have to be that way just because it's always been that way? Can we find a way to set up regulations that protect the customer? and live up to the spirit of the regulation without being um, a really bad experience. And so I hope that we will start to see some of those um, excuses, quite frankly, melt away and people really rethinking things to make kind of a leapfrog change in their customer experience. Great insight. Thank you, Megan. And Forrester, Carl B. Lewis, General Manager, Vision 33 Total Care. What do you see in the crystal ball, Carl? Well, I see, you know, the uh, social media taking an even bigger role in customers being able to communicate about uh, their business partners. I see them being able to take a bigger role in uh, designing the products for the future. So much like was just said, we have better products in the future because customers are involved in the design and in the demands that get placed upon them. And I see uh, businesses actually joining the conversation, maybe some of them for the first time. Nice. And let's ask Alex Rooney, also at Vision 33. What do you see, Alex? Well, I think, uh, Bonnie, a lot of the uh, forward-thinking people on the panel today, I think that will kind of propagate out, and we will see a renaissance in how uh, we all provide customer service. We will combine technology, but we'll also be able to sprinkle that human touch in there, and I think that that message will resonate among all businesses because, it's a, the disruptive technologies that are out there now, and the customer demands and education and awareness out there today uh, will also uh, demand it. Thank you, Alex Rooney. Okay, let's move to Alan Chow at Teradata. What's going to change in the next five years for your company, Alan, from your viewpoint? I think uh, what we see is big businesses that deal with consumers are going to start moving from Moving from understanding what the customer wants and their sentiments and, and providing products and services to match the needs to providing the customers themselves with intelligence so that they can make the right choices. I think this make, make, making choices for the customers is going to be a little bit of the past five years from now. It will be consumers making decisions for themselves based on intelligence that your business is going to provide them. Thank you. And let's turn to Saul Coldhead of Magic at FreshBooks. What's coming down the pike, Saul? Um, well, just to be interesting and, and to take a different stance than everyone else, I actually predict there's going to be a, a, a revolt and people aren't going to share as much information or at least as much personal information in the next five years. There will be a lot more superficial information. And because of that, um, people who actually do want to do customer service really well or marketing really well are going to have to rely less on tools and more on sort of the old school, like real 
marketing philosophies, and, and I think that's going to be a big shift and change, and I think it'll be very interesting to see um, who does it really well and, and who sort of adapts to um, the new world in five years from now. I'm going to give you another another half a minute here because I'm so intrigued and we are a little ahead of schedule, believe it or not. Four minutes to go. Saul, what do you mean by back to the old marketing tools? Hello, we'll come to you in a second. Go ahead, Saul. Well, right, right now, almost every marketing book has tons and tons of uh, sections on the tools that are available, and they're, they're not really teaching the, the philosophy behind how to use the tools. So, you know, tools, if, if everyone becomes reliant on the tools, and the tools are amazing, the tools make our lives much easier, but you still need to understand how to use them and, and how to actually take the, the insights out from what you gather and use them properly. So I actually recommend people read marketing and, and customer service books from the 70s and 80s because it gives you a lot more of the philosophy and the, the why you're doing it instead of the how to do it, and you come up with the how to do it yourself because that's how you really change things and, and do things differently that, that stand in for people. Thank you. Very interesting. Hello, Saxton, President, CEO, and founder of Virtual Graffiti. What do you think five years from now? You agree with Saul? You agree with everybody else or a little bit in between? Well, I think, I mean, in, in, in today's age, in the, in the information age, the communication is getting better. The technology is getting better. Um, you know, I think that side of the, you know, that side of, 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 of business in general is going to be, um, continue to evolve and to be extremely good. Every company is going to make the information available. It's going to be easy to talk to anyone in the, in the company. But I think it's going to go back to, to old school. Um, you know, while I'm in the, te- in the technology industry, I sit and listen to vinyl all day because uh, <laughs> I-, I like things old school and I think that some of the older things are better. So I-, I think that customer service is going to get back to the service and that means picking up the phone and talking to somebody. I think it's going to be more face-to-face communications, more personal interactions. Um, you know, people do business with other people more so than um, just you know, a a website or a, um, you know, an email. Um, so I think that it's going to, you know, that side, the personal touch is going to become more and more important. Back to basics. I hear some yep. retro in there, retro talking <laughs> about let's get back to where we came from. Some of you probably weren't even born, I'm guessing. Saul, you weren't even alive when those books were written in the 70s. Maybe, maybe not. And uh, very, uh, very interesting. I'm older than I look. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to go there. Uh, I'm going to going to tell you a little bit about what's coming up next week, next couple weeks on the show, and then I have a quick bonus question if we have time. Next week is March 28th, and by the way, everybody raise a glass of champagne. Today is the 25th consecutive live weekly show we've had on the Business Channel from SAP Coffee Break with Game Changers. So I'm very, very pleased and proud, and thank you all for joining me with this humongous panel today for our 25th weekly anniversary. Now, uh, March 28th next week, mobility goes to the mall, the hotel, the airport, getting the right information to the right people the right way at the right place and time. Then April 4th, how to build a BI strategy. On April 11th, manufacturing, we're going to talk about the factory of the future. Shout-outs and thank-yous from the bottom of my heart to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Wendy Ann Nesbitt, the team at the Business Channel, and our engineer, Brad. And I have one quick question for Becky Carroll and Megan Burns. We have 30 seconds to go. Ladies, will we still have Twitter in five years, and will it be called Twitter, and how much will it impact? Oh, I ask a big question. How much will it impact customer service? Becky, 10 seconds. What do you think? Yes, no, or maybe? I don't think it matters. I think what matters is the tools your customers are using. So understand what your customers are and what tools they're using, and that's the tool you need to be on. Great, great answer. Megan Burns-Forrester, what do you think? Will we still have Twitter? Will we still care what customers are tweeting in five years? 
I think we'll still have it, but I don't think we'll necessarily be as feel like as much of a slave to it. We won't react with quite so much. Oh my God! When when something like that happens, it'll just we'll have systems for reacting to it. Very interesting. Okay, Saul, one one note from you. Twitter, yes, Twitter, no. Five years. I can't wait. Um, yeah, I think it'll still be around, but I think it's going to be a much more niche uh, uh, site than it is now. So I think people are going to learn that Twitter can be whatever you want it to be. If you only follow stamp collectors, it's the world's greatest stamp collectors conversation portal. If you only follow, you know, baseball statisticians, it's a baseball statistician site. I think, you know, eventually people are going to scale down who they follow and, and really um, yeah. curate things around what they're really more interested about. So it'll still be there, but it'll look very different. Thank you very much. I want to thank my very special guests, Becky Carroll, Megan Burns, Carl Lewis, Alex Rooney, Alan Chow, Saul Colt, and Hillel Saxton. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Hope you all enjoyed listening and learned a little something along the way. We are Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We'll see you next week right here on the Business Channel. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. <laughs>